Hello, and welcome back to Inspire the Podcast with myself, Nicola Wills. Today, we have a very exciting guest who is a British network marketer, an entrepreneur and investor based in Ibiza here with me and a single mama to Jasper, who is five. She is the number one income earner in her company with multiple seven figures to date. As the proud founder of global team ID Network, spanning across 10 countries, they boast over 40 million in team sales. She has spoken at the biggest industry leader conference, GoPro, in Las Vegas to an audience of over 70,000 and has also received the Million Dollar Circle Award for achieving $1 million net in one year. She gravitated towards network marketing while Jasper was a newborn after being hit with what she describes as the most mentally and financially challenging time of her life. Please welcome my very dear best friend here on the island, Amber Jenny Smart. Oh, Hello. Hi, gorgeous. Now, I just want to, you know, like tell the world before we kind of really get into your story and just how inspiring you are. When I moved to Ibiza, I knew no one here. Like literally, it was just me, Ben and the girls. And over social media via Instagram, you had reached out to me basically saying, Nicola, you're such an inspiration to me. I just have been following you. I'm here in Ibiza. I'm ready and waiting. And I was like, oh my God, she's like my first friend. And literally, I arrived. There's a beautiful bouquet of flowers waiting for oh, me yeah. at my ha- my um, new home. And you were my first friend, like here. And literally, we've just hit it off. We're like two peas in a pod. And, you know, I always, always say to my, you know, my team back in the UK and to like everyone that I meet is like, you are so inspiring. I think just to put it out there, and I hope you don't mind, like Amber has just turned 30. And so you hear all of this and you're just 30 years old. When I was 30 years old, I was still like chasing the footballer boyfriend, living out of my overdraft, trying to be famous, like wanting to be in Heat magazine. And you're so established at such a young age. Hats off to you. It's just amazing. You're so inspiring to me. So. This is why she's on the show, everyone, because she's just bloody brilliant. So, Amber, let's go right back to the beginning, as we do with every guest. Tell me, where did it all begin? Where it all began? Um, so, I grew up, I mean, I'm not an only child, but I feel like I've been an only child my whole life. I have a half-brother and half-sister. I grew up with my mum in the Midlands, um, a single parent my mum was. My parents split up very young, when I was very young, so they were, I was maybe one, maybe earlier than that. Um, had a really good relationship with my mum and dad, both of them very equal, but in terms of like, who brought me up, like it was my mum. My mum brought me up, my mum did everything for me. Like at the time, obviously, you know, I would see both my parents as equal, but actually I look back now and I realise that my mum was everything, you know. She did everything for me and she she really was like my first inspiration in life, actually. I just love her, Melanie. Oh, she's amazing. And she was a hairdresser, wasn't she? So you really saw her graft. Like, I remember you saying, you know, you remember sitting on the sofa at clients' houses falling asleep because she was she was the only person that was you know financially providing for your family yeah so ever since i was a baby my mum would take me out mobile hairdressing with her she'd worked in salons i actually come from a, a family of hairdressers that's why you got such amazing hair <laughs> thank god <laughs> um yeah like my aunties are hairdresser my mum's an identical twin and my uncle's a hairdresser my mum's a hairdresser so yeah it's like in the family and yeah when I was when my mum was pregnant she worked all the way up until you know she, she I was due and then she would take me out after like a month of me being born like my, her clients would hold me and rock me back to sleep and whatever and you know it was really like ever since I was born I was I was kind of in that environment seeing my mum work and her work ethic is incredibly inspiring um she has fought so many different battles through her life and i've witnessed a lot of that you know i saw a lot of that actually uh as a young girl love that and then what was your school life like amber do you have a good time was it struggle well school for me i did enjoy it i liked it um i actually changed schools quite a few times we moved house quite a lot when i was younger so i would kind of move schools settle into different places then i you know, even one time I even went moved school and then moved back to the same school again. Um, because obviously my mum was single mom, like we had to do what we have to do and 
I think looking back perspective wise, I don't know, I've never actually asked her this, but I think, you know, we just we just did what we needed to do. And if that meant I had to move schools to make ends meet or whatever, I guess, or live in a certain location or um and yeah, so everything was great. Like I did enjoy school and then it got to the point where I was gonna to go to secondary school. And I remember my mom saying, you're not going to the same secondary school as everyone else. I'm, I'm letting you know, you're going to this school. And this school was like, nobody I knew was going there. Not one person. All my friends were going to a different school. But she said, no, this school's much better. You're going to be way better off here. And obviously, I thought she was the worst person in the world. Because <laughs> I was like, I just want to be with my friends. You're taking me away from everyone. And in the end... Now, when I look back, I am so grateful because actually, even though it was only marginally better, it was a bit more of a commute. The opportunities and the exposure to just a fraction more people that were just a tiny bit more, I don't know, creative or the opportunities and the even the size of the school meant that there was you know, a lot more people, there was a lot more, it was a lot busier. Um, it was closer to a bigger city. So just, yeah, yeah just was, a, was just, I just felt it was better yeah. in the end. Yeah. Looking back, connecting the dots. And the thing is, is what your mum knew is that, you know, the saying is that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. She can see that, not that they're bad people, but if you put, you put yourself in an environment where you're around people who are, thriving maybe more successful then you can't help but like that rubs off on you right yeah. so it was one of the best schools in the area and you know it was it was state school it wasn't a private school or anything like that half my family went to private schools I didn't go to private school so I just felt like I had to prove myself a little bit yeah. as well um and but it wasn't easy because after one year it was pretty much started with you know um I was always like really popular at school to be honest um but also with that, I don't know whether this, I don't know whether it comes with popularity, I think so, but came the other side of it, which was like the bullying, the nastiness, unkind comments, and then mass people falling out with you. And I kind of just retreated. I got to like my GCSE years and I was a bit naughty at school as well. <laughs> we love naughty. I've always been a bit cheeky and, you know, um, I actually got suspended in school. No way. I got suspended in school for, I think it was something ridiculous, like stealing some test tubes out the window, out the out the cupboard. And we were basically smashing them half the floor out the back of the, the building. I know, ridiculous. But um, yeah, so that happened. And then, yeah, like school wasn't that easy really because I think it really just showed me how difficult it can be when you're alone in this situation and I just basically retreated back into myself like I was very alone I had just one friend that I could trust and count on and I kind of we just stuck together then and that she became my best friend and she's still one of my best friends to this day um but yeah it was really hard actually it was really, really hard and actually I I know a lot of those people even today still I'm trying to be my friend now um even though they bullied me back, back way back when oh yeah it's always so I always like bump into bullies and isn't it I remember being bullied at school and the feeling like even now like what 20 years on I see them I still have that feeling of oh my god like my bully was called Michaela oh my god it's Michaela you know and she can't even remember bullying me but it was so big to me like that the effect that a bully has you know, I always remember, no matter what, though, standing my ground. And if I'd done something, listen, I'm not an angel. Like, I was a little bit cheeky back, like, at the time. But I stood my ground always. And there were times where I, you know, found it really hard. But I own, I always owned what I did. You know, if I did something, I always owned what I did. And, you know, I, I learned that lesson. And I remember learning a lesson, like, you know, don't talk too much. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, and so moving on, then Amber, you're you finished school, and did, when you were at school, were you, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you have like a big vision for your life? Well, I knew I wanted to be in creative arts, like fashion design, textile design, anything to do with fashion and design. Um, but also found a massive passion for business. Loved business. Loved um, just the way it all connected all the dots and things like that. And um, 
love like entrepreneurship, that kind of feeling of creating something of your own. Um, so that all worked out, but I wasn't super gifted in the like art and design world. Like had an eye for design, had an eye for like things, putting things together, but like actually fine art. So when I was in, I either could have gone to college or I could have gone to uh, do my A-levels. So I stayed on to my A-levels and then I ended up leaving um, halfway through to basically I found this college online while I was making a, just like doing research and development for textile and art design A-level. And um, I was doing research and I just came across um, the Arcadia Academy Um London, uh, London College of Fashion, Fashion Retail Academy. That was what it's called. So at the time, it was owned by Philip Green, yeah. who obviously owned Topshop, River Island, not River Island, um, Dorothy Fairclones. Yeah. But like all sorts of different massive retail, you know, high street stores. And they had launched their own academy and I just became obsessed with it. I had tunnel vision. Like I was not going anywhere else. I was on the phone to my parents. I was making, and I didn't even know I was doing this, but actually I was cutting, I was ordering the prospectuses, I was cutting them up and I was sticking it everywhere. And now I look back, that was like me manifesting, visualising. Like I've probably still got, I've actually got some of it in storage still, um, my old textile and design books. And all over these um, sketchbooks would be different bits of this, prospectus and it was so well beautifully put together and I would just keep ordering them over and over again and they'd send them out for free and I would like cut them up and put put, put them everywhere and I was just obsessed with it and so um yeah I just I I I ended up going I got in and I was only 17 and so I went to London when I was 17 and that was (laughs) interesting eye-opening amazing but also I grew up like that like yeah I never moved out of my hometown. My parents basically did everything for me. You know, I mean, without me realising, I thought I did a lot of myself, thought it was very independent, but I wasn't independent at all until I moved there. I realised that very fast. Um, got there and, yeah, just... And you didn't last very long in London, did you? Not really. Um, it was... I had to grow up very fast. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, walking around London trying to find somewhere to live, like carrying a little hold-all bag with me, like with all my things in, you know, and obviously I was at fashion college, so everything was fashion show every single day. So I didn't just have like one pair of jeans and a different t-shirt for every day. It was like a full outfit, full makeup, full hair. Like every day was like, you know, who who's wearing the most iconic outfit today? And um, I loved it. I met some great people there and I was doing what I wanted to do, but I wasn't quite ready for it. Like the, I wasn't quite mature enough for it. I was just wasn't ready for it. Like I'd not done anything like that. And I lived on my own. And the struggle of even finding anywhere to live. And yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I actually ended up being on a night out. And we partied a lot in London. We had so much fun. Like we, we, would, we, would, we would go out all the time. And I think it was just in the middle of the week, one night on like a, a free night. Come on, like, let's go along. Like friend of ours has got a table let's go let's go okay so we got ready went out like on the tube down into London's um London uh, city centre and um had the night enjoyed it obviously we all got a bit drunk and then basically I remember our friend being like a friend of a friend being like oh we're going to this place this next place um I think it's called the den yeah <laughs> I'd never been before anyway we went there and Literally, for some reason along the way, we basically had this other car next to us and like they were like trying to race our car and it was really weird and I've seen them and you can't really drive that fast in central London anyway, but it felt like, I don't know, there was like tension between the cars. Anyway, I like turned around drunk and stuck my fingers up at them. <laughs> like an 18 year old, literally. Anyway. Two minutes later, we're in the NCP car park, which is right next to it, Tottenham Court Road. And, like, I feel this, like, energy behind me. So I'm turning around and there's, like, this huge group of girls. And me and my friends are walking. We're just, like, walking and they're, like, shouting at us. And then they catch up with us, literally drag me back by my hair. Next thing I know, I'm on the floor. I've got a shoe over my head like this, 
massive stiletto heels because we, we didn't go out in flats or anything like that. Huge heels, blood everywhere, my hair was all over the place. I was completely passed out. I had like massive gash down my face and like no one's to be seen. I'm just in this car park in the middle of London. I'm 18 years old. Like I'm living here with no support, no one around me. And I'm standing night out with my friends and this has happened. And it just, in that moment, I was just like, whoa. Like, this literally really made me grow up. And I was so naive to anything like that. I was, like, from a small town. And, yeah, I get it. I shouldn't have put my fingers up, but, like... Yeah, but no one deserves, like, a stiletto around the base. Like, that's so bad. It was really brutal. And it really, really, again, once again, retreated into myself. Like, you know, just... And then did you move back to Derby? So, yeah, yeah, I remember calling my parents at literally 5am in the morning. My mum's phone kept going to voicemail. Then it, she finally picked up and um, I like basically, she was like, hello. And I was just like burst into tears, but they'd stolen my phone, my bag, my keys, my ID, my everything. So I didn't have anything. But I knew my mum's phone number off by heart. And I was calling her from the hospital and I was like, mum, 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 like really like quivering voice. And she was like, oh my God, what, what's happened? What's happened? And basically, she literally got in the car in that moment, came straight to me at the hospital. I was having, like, I had like 18 stitches across my head and luckily nothing down my face, but it was really bad. And like for like, you know, a month later, I basically had like to sit with these stitches and I had to have them removed as well. They weren't dissolved ones. And yeah, she was just, she got there and it's just like, it's like the worst nightmare, really. Um yeah, so that was that was really, really difficult. And I was only 18, so I went back to Derby <laughs> with my head held high. I tried it out, but my parents just didn't want me to be there. They just found it so... And to be honest, I felt so... Um, when something like that happens to you, you're kind of looking over your shoulder all the time. Like, especially I was so young, but again, made me grow up, like, learn a lesson, like, learn how to, like, be on my own. Like, I was accountable for myself. I was getting up every morning. All those things I learned, and that really matured me. Being in London matured me so much. I mean, I was a small town girl from coming into the city of London, and you'd be on the tube and you'd bump into somebody, and they would like, I'd be like, sorry, 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 sorry. And they, everyone would just look at you. And then I stopped saying sorry eventually because you'd be bumping into everyone every five minutes. So, yeah, if you changed, you would calm that it would be don't yeah, because and it can be it can be pretty scary i was eight i was 17 when i got there i was 18 turned 18 in november and then just like kind of like sofa surfing a bit to be honest walking around london and like some very shady situations that made me really i had to trust my intuition and got and like i think looking back it was really bloody dangerous to be honest <laughs> I, I my mum said she used to lie awake at night like worrying about me all night like what what what's she doing but i was dead set on going yeah and the thing is is like you are you know there's no way you'd have been able to achieve one of these things without having that passion and drive to make it happen yeah and obviously that put into a positive thing is amazing but that put into a situation you know like your parents the same as mine they had no control over me yeah like once i was set on a thing that was it i was off anyway you're back to derby yes and you, your dreams of like being in fashion kind of came, you, you went to Selfridges in Birmingham. Yeah, so I worked in Selfridges in London, yeah. uh, loved it, loved the energy, it was great. And I then started work, I obviously left there when I left London. Then I went back to Birmingham and I got back to, sorry, got to Derby. <laughs> and then I went to Birmingham because I found Derby so slow. I was like, gosh, the buses come in every three hours. I need it to go every three minutes. Like, yeah. I've been in London, this is too, this is not, you know, this is not for me. No, that was really good. So started working, so I thought, right, where's the biggest retailer that I can work with? Who is the biggest retailer? In the Midlands, Selfridges. Selfridges Birmingham have the best collection. They have the best everything. Started working with men's super brands there. So actually worked with um, some of the, in some of the like ladies' um, kind of high street fashion in there and then moved into, ended up being promoted into men's super brands quite quickly um, for like ideas and different things, visual merchandising ideas ideas that I'd put forward like just because I did because I'd come from fashion and yeah, yeah. something and I remember my old film manager Ruben Ru- Ruben yes and he was like you know taken aback by the things that I'd done and that was great and yeah so we did that and loved that but then got like really just sick of working in retail yeah you know didn't really allow for any cre- creativity other than getting the odd 
client that would come in with a budget and that was great and that that was a lot of fun you know working with those kind of people but but yeah and then I basically met a girl who completely changed the course of my life and um, her name's Steffi and she was in art and design as well she did fashion design and actually we met and we were both leaving Selfridges on the same day um, and we were like oh we really want to go out to this. She's like, oh, yeah, I really want to go to that. And I was like, I've got no one to go. She's like, no, neither have I. So, well, you know, when you just get on with somebody yeah. and your energy just clicks and like, we were the same age, we liked the same things and we wanted to go to the same places and we were doing the same backgrounds. Um, we didn't have anyone to go with and we were just like, should we just go together? Like, that's how quickly we clicked and that I felt comfortable to just stay at her house. And you do when you're like 19, right? 20, you just do it. Don't you? So we went out and um, we had the best time. We had like six months of just kind of like, loose fun and f- having loads of parties and just exploring like what we did and we became like best friends inseparable so nice and then um i just got introduced to a new network of people in birmingham basically and one of those happens to be yeah so i met uh lee who yeah. was the father of my little boy jasper so like that meeting and him, yeah, changed the course of your whole life, huh? Uh, completely. Yeah. And I met him through Steffi. So Steffi, he actually wanted to date Steffi and then he ended up being with me. And that, <laughs> that was a pretty conversation and like, everything was fine. Like she wasn't interested in him or anything, but I don't know, you know, girl code. But um, <laughs> yeah, so literally we just like completely like fell for each other like there and then. Um, and yeah, like that was eight years of my life and it led me down the complete opposite path. Yeah. So events, music, hospitality, and a massive career and working with, you know, everyone, every major dance music artist in the world. And that was just amazing. You know, that was incredible, really hard, really challenging. Um, and yeah, like we worked together on, on that for a long time. Um, and with Lee. You moved to Ibiza. I did. Yeah. And you just had Jasper, is that right? Yeah. So Jasper was 10 months old. Okay. And basically, Jasper was 10 months old and we had got to a crossroads in our life, a really, really difficult part. So I always, you know, my life was literally, one side was having this brand new, beautiful, gorgeous baby, which I was totally in, besotted with. And the other part of my life was falling apart, crumbling away, like in the worst situation of my life yeah um and why was financially yeah um because the venues that we had um basically we could no longer trade in them it was something happened in this in the space and it basically completely put us out of business okay i worked for the business it was his business i worked for the business i was production director um, head of sales and events and, and then but we basically we were together for years and we ran it like our own obviously but it was his business it was his business and, and yeah overnight 13 years of, of his work had gone and it was incredibly challenging difficult and obviously I was pregnant um, and then it actually happened when Jasper was three months old okay so he lost the license and um, it was awful for a lot of people involved because we were just developing a new space and yeah it just it was just incredibly challenging yeah. it was so difficult without going into all of the details it was the it was just so difficult we nearly lost our house our car we had to juggle things but obviously i was a new mum like i didn't know how to even navigate being a new mum and that was like it was so hard like whilst he would be out making ends meet literally trying to you know sort things out i would be at home and we would literally fight each on our own, yeah. you know. And so my mum was like my saviour through that. She supported me so much and um, I couldn't have done it without her, actually. Um, so, yeah, that was really difficult. But it was actually what led me to move into Ibiza. this week. Mm-hmm. And a fresh start, fresh landscape, new energy. Managed to rent the house out that we had and use that rent to move into a little tiny apartment, basically got new space like it was a home from home for us we worked in dance music we worked in with, with you know a lot of people here and it just made sense it was two hours away we just needed to get out of this really dark spiral yeah you know that was kind of hanging over and it wasn't all partying or fun and games here or anything like that it was just being somewhere with clarity it was able to reflect on decisions it was 
putting things into perspective, not being triggered by things that were happening on our doorstep there. And that really allowed us to focus on Jasper, obviously. And when we came back, we were so much stronger for it. Yeah, cool. And think it was it was it was the best decision, but it automatically I fell in love with Ibiza. I'd always wanted to do a season then. Also, you know, that was one of the reasons why we came because Lee wanted to make that happen for me. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's what we did. And I say season. And yeah, I was my baby. No, I know. I loved it, but I loved every day. It was just amazing. So you'll say yes. Living on a shoestring, literally, she like no money, and as everyone knows, Ibiza is like one of the most expensive places on earth. That you know, so what you see on your Instagram now is not what life was like. I, not at all. Yeah, and not very warm. Tell me, in the beaches are free. Yeah, I think I have exactly. Walking on the promenade is free. Exactly. But so you're here. You're in this apartment in Ibiza you've changed your environment thank goodness because that like everything that helps everything everything and then when was it and, and what was the catalyst for you to take Max into your own hand because ultimately that's what you did you know Lee was bringing in the money at that point just to make ends meet and then when did you go enough now I need something for myself yeah, so basically I'd been here three weeks, maybe two weeks. I remember the days. I think our contract started on June the 10th or June the 5th, something like this. And then on the 24th of June, I was I signed up to my online business. So it's like as soon as I got here, I was like sprung into this new energy. And I also find Ibiza in general is just like I will all, I love it here because even now it teaches me to play bigger all the time. Like... There's so much vibrancy on the island, so much energy, amazing energy. People are living their best lives, literally, whether they come on holiday here or whether, and it's for a week or whether they're, you know, here for the, for, for the foreseeable. But people are really taking care of themselves and the, just the environment was everything. Actually, when you just said that, like, it's such a clear, obvious yeah. change that snapped everything. Yeah. And so anyway, I was scrolling, breastfeeding probably, scrolling away. Yeah. Uh, in the night and I just came across this girl she added me on Facebook and I was like oh do I know this girl she's from Birmingham so maybe I do know her but I didn't know her and I just reached out to her like hey do I know you like someone's added me on Facebook I don't really use social media very often then I didn't even really change my profile picture or anything like it was just you know stagnant really and she's like oh no I'm just expanding my network and I was like oh okay so I started having a little look at her her wall and I saw her flying first class um, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'd love to do that with my family. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. I'd love to be able to travel, like, and just you know, work location independent and not be tied down or anything. Because even though we had success um, in the business, we were totally jaded to it. We couldn't leave. Like, we would have one holiday a year, and that would be something that was industry related anyway. So it was like a festival or something. It was nothing really switching on. Anyway, so back to um, what I was saying, but yeah, like came across this and I just dived straight in. I was at the point where I was like, I really desperately wanted something for myself. I was obviously 10 months in with Jasper and I was, I felt ready, like, and also really wanted to contribute. Like I really wanted to be able to contribute. That's who I am. That's, you know, I've never been like someone that won't pay their own way or, you know, love the idea of having my own, but my mum always taught me to have my own money yeah. always. Now I didn't get that really until later on that, she was like, oh, I, was, I can still hear it in my head now, her telling me about independence and, you know, having that. And so it was in my blood, really, to do that, to to, to want to contribute rather than sit back. And, and also the emotional stress of not having money. Yeah. It's, you know, it was really hard. And also, you know, borrowing money all the time. I hate that, yeah. you know. I used to have to borrow money off my dad and, oh, I'll give it back. And, you know, not really know when and... Um, you know, and also I needed a stack load of credit cards I needed to pay off, which was full of business debt. And also, you know, just it was just it was just chaos, actually. Yeah, and on ads. When I feel like, I mean, that's all for anyone, but for especially as a woman, when you have no money, like I just have had my quite really knocked my confidence because it, it made me feel trapped, even when I didn't have a boyfriend or when I didn't have a, a child. So when you add, the responsibility of a child on top of that to a woman who doesn't have money 
there's no way out. Like you, you know, even if you wanted to like just go and get your hair done or get your nails done, if you have to ask someone for that, the demoralizing feeling that it is, it's just, it's awful. Mm. And, you know, and well, both of us, like when we try to help people have yeah. even just a few hundred pounds more makes a difference. So yeah. when you started, what were you looking to earn? Like, what were you like, okay, what I need to just earn? Sleeping. I just wanted to earn my car finance. I wanted to make my car finance. If I could just, I remember we talked about it. If you just do that, that would take a massive pressure off because I was like six months behind on that, by the way. Car in Spain. We'd driven the car to Spain. The car was in Ibiza. Six months behind on it. Like, I mean, like, you know, maybe not six months, maybe four months, whatever. It would be like one every now and again wouldn't go through and then another one wouldn't go through. It was just a mess. I just didn't look at it. In fact, for a long time, I didn't look at what I owed because it scared the life out of me. It was only when I really took control of that that things started to change in my business, in my life, everything, you know. So I did that, was a closet network marketer for three months and literally didn't want to put myself out there at all. I thought, how can I go from running these venues to selling weight loss coffee on the internet? Like people are going to think I'm ridiculous, but I got myself together. I did my pre-recorded video. I had little notes on my laptop and I read it from my laptop and, and I did it on my, I, on my MacBook camera on the little photo booth and I recorded it and it was so awkward, but and also I looked back and I was saying phrases that I didn't even know what they meant. I just thought oh it sounded God. good. This doesn't even, I bet she looked cringing looking back and that she shared it the other day on Instagram. And I'm like, oh my God, that doesn't even make sense. Like, how did anyone take me seriously? Anyway, it done really well. People really encouraging of me, much more than they are now. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it went really well and started, you know, bringing people in. Didn't make really any sales, didn't do very well with that, but... I wasn't using the products and I didn't learn about that and all of those things about being a product of products. It was because I was breastfeeding that I didn't do that. So anyway, winged it completely. But it was only when I actually got massive knockback in August when my upline, just like sponsor, just went and 360 on me and went really weird with loads of people. And she, just for the record, for anyone that doesn't know what that means, it's like a mentor, like someone that helps you within the business. Um basically just quit didn't she so yeah just quit maybe she quit on me she didn't quit on anyone she didn't quit on she quit on me and a few other people and i've still to this day don't know why it was very bizarre yeah. and i felt so hurt by that because i'm not a bad person and i was like oh my god what have i done what i was honestly so you know that feeling in your heart and you're like when you like take your breath away and i was like oh my god I, what have i done right i was so like naive and whatever but I, you know people are like that like and you come across people like that all the time but I was so hurt by it because I just felt like I'd done so much and really, in reality, I'd not done hardly anything. And then she was probably just bored of me, you know, not really putting my all in. She was deadly serious, but she had a different stage of business to me. Yeah. This is all so new. Anyway, whatever, she, that happened. And then I thought, no, I'm not having this. I'm not quitting. I've put this all out on my social media. If I'm going to do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I do it and I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to absolutely smash it, actually. So that is when I got my fire. And then I started training my team. I started making my own groups. I started doing all these different things, providing resources. I was being everyone, everything to everyone, really taking on that role and stepping up. So she moved out of the way and I stepped into it and I loved that. And then I really saw, had my first big promotion then hit like the company car plan a few months later, found my flow, found my identity. And I was so happy because I was being tried to forced into this box before and I wasn't that person and she didn't like it because I didn't want to do that and I wanted to be me and and so anyway. And then moved into my other company. A new one society came along. Why on earth would you quit when you're you've earned the car? And so it really needs like companies you could earn cars, you earn these big bonuses. So you would you doing you know maybe really well. Why did you quit that business to go on to another thing? Got to the golden moment, hit the car plan. That was what was in my mind. And then saw the other side of the curtain and I didn't like it. Didn't like what I could see. And ethically, I didn't feel like I could build legacy there. And, you know, actually looking back, I was never going to build a legacy there. You know, but I realised now that that was like, that was never going to be my forever home and actually couldn't ethically promote it. And it's so... And so actually... I just chose to step back and I found, but also I found a product as well at the same time and I tested it out for a month or so. I remember I was at Park Life working one of my last ever events and uh, the weather was horrendous. Anyway, 
tested the product, loved it. My skin's always been really, really eczema prone. So it worked amazing with that. And then I thought, right, that's the ultimate confirmation. This is what it's like to work with a product that you love. Mm -hmm. Along with loads of other things um, with the company, that they just did better. That was it. It was no shade. It was just, they just did things better. And so I got up, I left. Evan thought I was crazy. And started again, and I didn't get any decent earnings for probably about six months. Yeah. And I literally had to start again, and, and I wouldn't be able to do that without the support that I had, you know, in my home life at home. Yeah. And so, obviously, at this time, you know, you're building this business, mum to Jasper. Like, how did you juggle that? What did that look like? Yeah, I would literally work in the nap times. Yeah. I'd work late at night, and then I'd get up tend to not get up early in the morning because he would be my alarm clock so there'd be no chance of doing anything but like literally just pockets of time all the time I remember he used to nap in the car and I'd just sit on my phone and work yeah yeah I'd just sit on my phone and just work whilst he's napping in the car and just taking what I can and also like knowing that I can't I think also there's times where you when you've got children um you can you know and you've got also deadlines and things and you you just can't control everything so you just you just accept what it is yeah. and you you get on with that and they put them first and then and then you go to that next and not to get frustrated in that situation you say with Jasper on your phone like, yeah you definitely yeah, I'll be lying if I said I didn't do that yeah like, I'd be lying and I think also it's like it is really hard and it needs to be recognised that it is really hard yeah like I will not say it enough. Like having kids is hard. Like people don't say it enough. Like it is really hard, and trying to like maintain something for yourself, you know, it's like finding the balance. You know, when you want to build something crazy big, you know, there is rarely balance in your life. Like, and but it's all about what your bigger picture and your vision is. And my bigger picture and vision was, I need to get my family out of this situation as fast as possible. I need to build something that's separate to, you know, everything else we've got. Yeah. That is mine and that I can then, you know, contribute. And then like I said, all I want to do is make my car finance. Yeah. So, yeah, basically I started acknowledging those bills. Started looking at the debts that I'd got. You really work on your money mindset then because I'm sorry, but when you don't have any money and you're being asked for more, it is the crippliness for you, isn't it? And it is just so much easier just to go, okay, bye, like leave that on the side. So, oh, how did you change that to go, okay, I need to do that? There's a few things I can think of that I did. And obviously working on myself was generally here, personal development in general, podcasts, all that kind of thing, daily. Working on that made me have a better sense of togetherness, I think, no. which ended up me thinking, right, shit, I really need to get my arse in gear with these debts I've got. So actually, like, I think that matured me a little bit. I was like, you know, actually, I can find it within myself to go and sort this out. And I remember I've got a drawer full of bills that I'd not opened. Obviously, they're bills that have come through, come through, come through, like, multiple times. Car finance, I remember I owed, like, £300. It's ridiculous. I owed £300 on an Apple MacBook laptop once didn't pay it for god knows how long parking tickets oh i was a nightmare i was a nightmare and i just like used to let it consume me and i just i didn't even tell anyone i could if i'd have just spoken about it I probably could have got help with it straight away but i just was so like embarrassed and consumed by it all so anyway i just one day i got all the letters out the drawer and i just opened all of them and i laid them all out and I'd acknowledged all of it. And I literally sat down and I went through everything and was like, right, I need to make this much, this much, this much, over this much time. And I'm taking full responsibility for it. And I intentionally did that. And I I just, I just, I just acknowledged it. I just, for the first time, I made that decision. I was going to pay this off. I'm not doing this any longer. I'm paying this off. I'm not having debt anymore. Um, and that was like credit cards. It was all sorts of different things. Yeah, and that's really how you build confidence and self-belief when you do what you say, yeah, do what you say you're going to do and and not look for Lee or anyone to pay that off for you. And and so how quickly were you able to pay that off working your business? Yeah, it wasn't actually that long. It was like four months, something like that. And it was like I went to an event, I went to a company event and I saw other people paying their full mortgages off and I was like, wow, this opened my eyes. But honestly, I was like, 
they were very different to me. So it wasn't like, oh, I can do it better than them. It was, oh, I can match them, but do it in my way. Yeah. And that really inspired me to this day, still friends with those people, still in those circles. And that really, really, I just got laser clear. And it was January, it was January the 5th. I remember I went out on that, after that night out, we got really drunk. And I remember thinking, why did I do that? Why have I gone out and got drunk? Like it was like after the after the event and it was like something just hit me and then I just decided, I saw my friend Alex, he did 100 days no alcohol and I was like, and all these things he'd achieved and I was like, I need to do this. I need to make this this massive change. I just need this massive laser focus and clarity. And so I did 100 days no alcohol. I started getting up at 6am every day. I thought I started doing everything that everybody says to do, basically, that everyone knows their lives about. And I started doing it. Yeah. I gave myself the window between five and six every day. The 5am club, it was like big miracle morning, like was going around at my circles at that time and in, in, my, in my company and team. And, um, and basically I decided at that moment, I was like, I'm going to give myself between five and six every day. So it's actually achievable to get up. And every day, and it got to the point where I was obsessed with getting up at 6am. If I didn't get up at 6am, I was having a bad day because I knew how much more proactive and productive I was. I just would see I was coming on leaps and bounds over everyone. I was ahead of everyone. I had the day set up. I'd done all my reach outs. I'd got my product content together. I knew what I was doing for the team. I'd got Jasper dressed. Like, everything was ready. It was like 9am and I'd have conquered the world. Like, And I did that for, like, so long, like, two years, probably. I did the no alcohol thing, ended up doing it for six months. And then that was in lockdown as well. So I was doing that through lockdown, no alcohol, getting up at 6am. Um, and yeah, like just I wouldn't go to bed till I finished everything, like, you know, um, or like done things that were, you know, for, I always say, what are the five things that you can do to like five non-negotiables that you can then fit in, in and around um, your day. So you might have a nap time here, you might have five minutes here like what what are the five things that are going to move your business forward that are completely non-negotiable that day and they might be small things but they're going to move you forward those things if you do those five things every day and stick to it then when you do have pockets of time you can just look at that list and go right I need to do that straight away not sit there searching for inspiration on TikTok or Instagram or whatever and think oh I have just lost that hour like, that's how I was productive with Jasper around me through lockdown, through, you know. But that discipline that that no, no alcohol gave me actually changed my life because I applied that discipline in lots of different areas of my life and it actually really proved to myself that I could do anything. And it it it, comp it just completely changed my life, honestly. And now to this day, I always try and do 100 days of alcohol at the start of the year every year. Yeah. And you notice the difference even now. Oh my God. Yeah. It's crazy. Every year I'm more moderate and more like on a health basis, like things I notice, you know, I would drink in the week. Now I don't drink in the week. I don't drink at home. I don't even buy alcohol in shops at home anymore. I've got some alcohol in my house, but like I don't buy it. Like I would buy wine to have with dinner, things like that. Like, and all these things people say to me all the time, oh yeah, but I just have one drink every now and again. I'm like, honestly... Do 100 days, do 30 days, do 60 days. Yeah. I don't think you really feel it till about 60 days, but like every, it affects everything. Your sleep, everything. Yeah, and it's so interesting you say that because building my business, and I'm the same as you really, like there has to come a moment where you say, the line in the sand, everything I do from this point forward is obsessive yeah. in a positive way to making to changing your life yeah and changing your life is fucking hard yeah like if it was easy everyone would do it you know both of us are sat here in Aviva living our dreams because we built this online business with different companies but that has been a catalyst for us yeah and for me I was like consumed by that laser beam focus that I didn't drink for a year I also didn't watch television for yeah, a year same. because it was like Longer, just like there's no, there was no sacrifice. Yeah, so I could nothing in watching that telly that would ever make me successful. And so I literally like got rid of it. Had no idea what was going on the news. I mean, that was probably the best thing ever. I was yeah, yeah. day. Yeah. You can put on your little bubble, and you're like, yes, I am. And I'm fat. But 
But those years changed my life. And yeah, the same for you. How long were you kind of in that, like, can you remember, like, laser focused, yeah. obsessive, like, sac- I would say sacrifice, but it's not sacrifice because it gave us so much, but, like, it was intensely two years, I'd okay. say, and but but I also felt like I was doing the legwork the year before, but just not, but laying the, sowing the seeds, pl- planting the seeds, yeah. but not getting any of the returns. Yeah. Then my next year was, like, full momentum, like, getting genuine results back and then just feeding into more and more and more like one thing I say is that any time in business that you get momentum don't drop the ball because it's so hard to get back yeah. it's so hard to get back so hard to do that level of sacrifice again so you know keep going and keep going at it but yeah like two 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 and a half years I would say three years and, and, and actually I did all that sober I did all those no nights out. I said no. Had all the awkward, difficult conversations. Well, you're not drinking. You're not drinking. We've been here in a week. I know it's a long time, which is like party capital of the year. Yeah, yeah, still. So I love a night out as much as everybody else. You know what I mean? I love going out. I love getting dressed. You know, and that non-alcohol thing has now transferred into me being able to do nights out with totally no alcohol at all. Like, you know, I do that regularly, and I love that for me. Yeah. Yes, eh? I can love that. You know, wouldn't get up fresh, but still like in the vibe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so Amber, around this time, um, how was your relationship with Lee? What was what was it like at home? Uh, yeah, good. Like we, do you know what Lee really opened my eyes like massively. Like he's like, you need to be doing this. You need to do this. You need to pursue your ideas. You need to. He pushed me into loads of different situations and uncomfortable, and he exposed me to so many amazing people that were doing massive things he's older than me obviously he's got a bigger network than me and you know like that was amazing and so yeah like it was always pretty light and fun at home like you know he was he's an entrepreneur he's on the go all the time as well yeah but always got projects going on so so yeah and then we actually just kind of drifted apart I think we just outgrew each other to be honest we just outgrew each other obviously apart from my love for our son together which is you know we're still great on great terms and so on but we ended up splitting up and just because we separated and we just outgrown like yeah. like I said, he's thirteen years older than me. Yeah. I was a wasn't a baby, but I was twenty I was twenty. I was just working out my life and you know, then I was twenty eight when we split up and I was a different person and I'd done a shitload of personal development yeah. and achieved, you know, new things and that was it really, you know? Yeah. And now, now we have different paths completely. Yeah. Completely. But and that's that issue when I met you. I felt like <laughs> literally leaning back you were moving into your house, like yeah. first house on your own and single mom with Jasper. Yeah. Well, yeah. Literally like the week before I moved here. Yeah. yeah. And And then yeah. And then you know, your life's like completely changed. Yeah. And look, can I ask you a bit of a personal question? Go on. What is the most just for people listening because and I feel like, you know, network marketing, you know, does get a bit of a bad rep. Yeah. Um, which is, I understand because, you know, it's a type of business that anyone can do. And because anyone can do it, a lot of people do it in a bad way. Right. And that's science. But when you do it properly, like we did it properly. Yeah. When you, you know, treat it like an actual profession. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yeah. Share with me what's possible to earn. What is the biggest paycheck that you've ever had in one month? Um... £146,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in peak, like, you know, for peak moments, um, network marketing is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. And I feel like the space is changing so much at the moment. Like, everything's changing. It's like affiliate marketing, so many ways to make money online. And, you know, like, it, it's wild, really, but I never started with that. I started to pay my car finance, and that's what people need to remember, you know. I started, but then the law of exposure and proximity allowed me to grow into some within where, you know, I w- if you just said that to me, I don't even know. I, d- I didn't even really know anybody who got paid more than 40k a month, let alone. Listen, I didn't know anyone that got paid more than 5,000. My goal was up there, it was 500. I was like, if I earn that, I am so happy. That's what I was, yeah. but I just knew that what the DJs were earning. And well. <laughs> Yeah, I was supposed to dance next to them. I got the, no idea. Thought the DJs were earning big money, but but yeah, and like you know, I used to pay their invoices. Yeah, but like, isn't that just amazing? That busy, yeah. you know. And I think that's like this 
little girls literally from Derby, like, yeah, like just what is possible. And you have worked, you know, yes, you did work. And then yeah, I did. I worked and I asked off. Yeah. And I would say, you know, looking back in my life, the hardest I ever worked was in those two years. Because you also, you do lose friends. Like I did, like you're, because you change, your life has to change around you. And that can be really uncomfortable. And I think a lot of the time that's what holds people back. Yeah. Because to change, it is it, so uncomfortable. Yeah. And the uncomfortable feeling keeps people like where they are. Yeah. Um, you have to push through. And so, Amber, how many years are you into your network marketing journey now? Be five years in June. Five years in June. And like, Talk to me kind of like, you know, see you built your business. Share with me the vision. Like, what did you create from this, from this? Like, tell me about your life now. Yeah. So basically, obviously, we moved here kind of on a shoestring has enabled me to do so many things like travel completely, like whenever, like obviously network marketing allows you to work completely location independently, mostly. Um, but mainly, I would say what has given me like the the business etiquette and the skill set and the opportunity and the network around me, like to do almost, I feel like I can almost do anything, to be honest, like that confidence, it instills you. Network marketing, and you will probably know this as well, it, it puts so much, you put yourself out there so much that you're always fearless when you, when you just launch, 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 you can just do anything really. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, life in Ibiza, you know, it's great. It's perfect. It's everything I've ever wanted. You know, it's, it's, it's lovely. It's just peaceful. It's my yeah. peaceful bubble. I love it here. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly fun as well. And <laughs> you did a lot of personal development. I think it's yeah. really, really important. No one who is successful. I didn't believe in any, in any thing in life, but especially in, in network marketing as an industry, there is a lot of personal development that needs to be done for everybody. You know, yeah. no one comes to this business or any business being fully completing themselves and knowing what they need to know. So talk about the personal development that you did. What did that look like? What kind of books were you reading? And yeah, and how did how could you feel yourself changing? So all sorts of different things I would do. And at first I would say like, I love this phrase, money music. Like instead of like, I would there would be like a weekly commute that I would do from my, my house in Birmingham to Derby with Jasper in the back. It's like 15 minute drive. And instead of having music on, I would have literally all different million dollar earners, speakers, different things. And I would, that would be like free things that I could do. So I didn't have the disposable income to to do anything. Um, first books I read in um, network marketing were the Eric Warry GoPro one, which is just great. It's even great even now, just so simple. Um, so many dots clicked into place from that. And then obviously um, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that just gave me a whole new perspective on just like the way the world works and like also love Grant Cardone, Sell or Be Sold, um, that one as well. Like, you know, understanding that selling is, I mean, you're being sold to every day in your life, like whether you're selling a business, an opportunity, a product, it's normal for sales to be comfortable with sales, be confident in sales. Like that really helped me because I was not, like that. I was like, oh, we'll see. I know. And also, what did it ultra? Yeah. Is like, oh, don't sell to me. And, and you get like, like angry. Like, really? Yeah. And say, and whereas in America, it's really like, oh my God, like they love selling. Yeah. So we had to learn that and be comfortable. Yeah. But you know, as a whole that as, you know, anything, you're, you're selling yourself, like just by putting yourself out there. And so, yeah, that was for me the biggest lesson. Yeah. And, other books, um, I'm a total procrastination queen. You might not think it, but I am. <laughs> like, I am a bit of a nightmare with that. And um, so um, Eat That Frog uh, is great yeah. as well. And I love it because you can pick it up and you can just look. But also, just touching back on my mum, my mum would also play The Secret to Me in the car when I was seven years Seven eight is old. Spenity. I love that. Yeah, she, or maybe a bit older than that. Maybe it was, what, 12? I, it came out in 2007, The Secret. Yeah, it's about 12, 13, yeah. 14, around there. Yeah. I remember she would put it on Rhonda Byrne. That's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and um, Bob Proctor. And I remember thinking, God, what is this that you're listening to? <laughs> and she'd be like, no, Amber, you need to listen. You need to listen. She'd have the CD on in the car. And she'd be like, listen. And she'd talk about the law of attraction and law of vibration and all of those yeah. things. Um, and um, yeah, like that was actually when I was first exposed to any personal development, actually. And also she had like a lot of um, Tony Robbins as well. Yeah, I loved that. Uh, but I didn't really know what it meant. 
but it was a it was there you know um and yeah i'm really i love that you know yeah, quite like, um, and that's inspired for me to do for my children i mean not one yeah, yet but did yeah. have it as like yeah. the norm yeah you know it's yeah. not something that because i definitely feel like i'm a bit older than you it was like nothing was in my life and then i watched the secret and it was like the heavens over i remember oh my god this life that's possible and i had no freaking idea and um, one that is we just like the norm for my children yeah and i remember thinking god like what is this that you make me listen to and then when i saw it a few years later I thought oh 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 right yeah mom was actually really cool she actually knew what she was doing yeah she actually had her shit together like i'm thinking oh gosh yeah yeah i knew what that is <laughs> um, and then yeah like courses and like i would spend like and listen i don't encourage anyone to do this but you do what you got to do and i would spend my whole paycheck on a course and do all sorts of different things and coaching and mentoring i'd put all my eggs in one basket because i was just desperate for even one nugget of advice yeah. and so i would sit on and do things like that and you know i say all my paycheck like you know, I'd, I'd invest in myself a lot, like, because I didn't have mentors or I didn't have sponsors above yeah, me yeah, and yeah. stuff. So I had to. And if it was meant to be, I, I had to do it. And so, yeah, I became obsessed. Love that. And also, Grant, I know, be obsessed or be average. We no average here, honey. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. So, that's so true. And so, Amber, like, what is next for you now? Like, what is your... Half, like you know, 30 years old, basically a millionaire. Like, what is next for you? Yeah, so next for me is building my brand. So building more more so like an other actually about your brands, ID Network. Yeah, so ID Team ID is part of like the is the team that everybody is connected to. Yeah. And we're obviously affiliated with a network marketing company. So Team ID holds like all of the the team culture and, and I'm massively passionate about that. You know, not only on the way to our success did we, did I work hard, but my, I had amazing leaders that worked super hard and they helped cultivate that and bring that together. So con- con- continuing on with that, that's really exciting. Got some really amazing things coming for that very, very soon. They're very aligned with us. And then um, we are, I'm building me, like building me. I'd love to do, I'd love to do a podcast at some point, but just not called just yet, I don't think. Um... And then, yeah, like I would love to express more creativity. So like I'd love to work with brands. I'd love to continue content creating, but on a more wider scale. So not just um, exclusively for a network marketing brand. I would love to do that. Um, I'd love to do something in charity as well. That's something I'd re- I'm really like looking for the right place to do that. That's something that's on my heart. I really want to do that. I love doing that. Anything that's like, you know, um, leading in action, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, acts of service like that's like I love really just feel called to do things like that. Um, so yeah, that's it. Really. Amazing, I just love it, Anne. So I know Amber. Just recently, your you know, so your business is going amazingly with success. Unfortunately, sometimes can come jealousy and hate and you have experienced quite a lot of this recently online haven't you yeah so we i mean any like you say anyone that's been successful people always just funny because people say to me oh you know anyone that's successful you know this one you know you we always say it between us that you know you've made it when you get some you know comments or yeah. you know whatever and um and it's like yeah no matter when people say that it still hits yeah. you and it's like okay yeah, like negative comments. I feel like I've grown a very thick skin now. And like, you know, I think as long as you're a good person and you know who you are, it can't, it can only come so far at you anyway. But like, of course, yeah. And I can't lie to you and say that those comments aren't hurtful secretly deep down. Like it is. And actually, I've allowed things to consume me for a long time like it like at at periods and it's been it's like relentless sometimes every single day you're waking up there's something else there's something else directly or indirectly and when you sit in the position that I do in my you know my company or wherever wherever it's directed to it doesn't matter whether it's at you because it's damaging your you know it's so damaging and I've seen so much of it in the last six months and let's just be clear like things is really what like this is 
aggressive trolling online yeah. like from it's like one person that's then kind of got her like cronies and they are just it is a full-blown attack on you you cannot rise to it you can't allow yourself to go to that level you can't you know the i just say to them the bottom line is we haven't done anything we're only we're good people we do our thing we focus on our own lives we go out and do, do our thing and like you know, you have to just remember that, that that's who you, that you know who you are and you can't listen to that. And, you know, it only, there have been times where people have reacted. I've said my piece once and that I will not ever mention it again, you know, apart from now, obviously. But, and even that was like, you know, very stripped back, very, very, you know, surface level, should yeah. we say. Um, and, can't give it the energy because it just comes back 10 times more and you just you know it's 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 anyone that's going through anything like that it's just it has been hard to save face like and i have to do that with one day and for yours particularly it's not just against you and your business like just so people can understand like they're taking videos of you and jasper your son in like you know your private home and you know like putting Voiceovers yeah. over it, like commenting on it, open for criticism, as one of the comments, like just just anything. And it's just and a, like a vicious attack. It's a child. How unbent? It's unbent. But that imagine that on like you know in this room, that person would be arrested and charged for assault, right? Because it's it, but dude, just because online, this it's when the the lines are so unclear. Again, it always goes back to the thing that I say. As long as you know yourself, what does it matter? Like, if you're a bad person, then, you know, you expect it. Yeah. But I'm not. <laughs> and um, I just want to touch on something. I'm really kid. I know that in your personal life, yeah, you are very, very happy. Yeah. And so, and I'm just, I think also for people out there, like when I started my business, I was 100% like single and dating like terrible guys. My kind of self-worth around guys was not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and building my business allowed me to have value within myself. And then once I became the queen of my life, I met the, you know, the, the king of my life, the dream of my life. Do you feel like that's happened to you? Yeah, like, so I 100% believe that when, until you become exactly what you are looking for, yeah. like, you, listen, we, I don't know that this is a, a woman thing or what, but... I've definitely, I've no shame in to say that in my twenty early early 20s, before, in my teens, like whatever, I thought that like it was, you know, it would be far easier just to find somebody like and just date that person and then kind of like, you know, like live off them. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I've always had an amazing work ethic. I've always been ambitious. I've always wanted to do my own thing. That's not, you know, but equally still had that thought. Yeah. It's oh, like we've yeah, been trying to take care of. Yeah, like if he comes along, he whisks us all. Yeah. And we live happy ever after. We don't have to do anything at the rest of our life. Exactly. Yeah. Like that. And and so, and then it's just like, but it just doesn't work like that. <laughs> Sorry, but it just doesn't. And it's like, you know, you've always got one friend that's got that. But in my experience, they're not happy anyway, so... Um, so yeah, just becoming, as soon as I'd become that and I'd got everything for myself, everything just stepped up and then, you know, like, I just, it just came to me. Yeah. 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 It came to me. And tell me a little bit about that feeling. How does it feel to be in a relationship like that now? Yeah, it's so nice and it's so, sometimes I like, um, have like old feelings like from the past relationships that come through and then I'm like oh I'm so happy that it's not like that you know he'll he'll do something and I'm I'm like oh this is so much nicer like you know like um how do I put it it's just just little reminders of um you know how things may have used to have been and now it's just equal and it's I don't know just a sense of calm, I think that from from me knowing you, what Robin brings to your life yeah. is like he it's like this. It's like you do whatever you want to do. Oh, here's the edge of Zen Rider on side. I was like, 
coming to meet me before this, like wishing me well, like coming, like he's like, do you want me to bring you juice or to do this or that? And I don't ask him to do any of that. Like he just does it and it's so nice. And he is a massive no ego. So there, us as women, you know, when we do have success, if you all guy, oh, we know partner, let's say, with the ego and then you become successful, that could like shit on their parade and they hate it. And the best thing is that when I'm with him, even though obviously in my business, it can mean that I have to be in masculine energy. And he allows me to be, he just gives, holds space for me. Like that is the the best thing. He yeah. holds so much space for me to just be in my feminine energy. Yeah. Like even though I can full well do everything for myself, he allows me to to be in that and that for me special is everything yeah and that that's it yeah it's so nice oh i'm amazed we're absolutely so thank you so 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 much um i've just got one more question yes to ask you and that question is what advice would you give to your younger self yeah so i would give my my advice to my younger self would be that basically do not allow have your boundaries don't allow people to, you know, walk all over you when you're younger. Like, I think that can happen. Like, I'm definitely someone who says yes to everything and figures it out along the way. Like, do that for sure. But like, you know, have, like, yeah, so there's two bits of advice. Say yes to everything, figure it out along the way. But have your boundaries and have your wits about you and have your, you know, listen to your intuition because and your gut. Like, your gut is telling you something. If something feels off, then then question it. Don't be afraid to question things and make sure you ask for things like ask for what you want, because if you don't ask for what you want, you will never get it. You've got to go out and get what um, go out there and get what you want, you know, whether it's pay rise, relationships, um, you know, the, you've got to go out and get it. Like people will just give you what they think they can get away with if you don't. And when you question them, they'll be forced to acknowledge what you say. And I, I think that as a young person, it's quite scary to do that. Yeah. You've done it, honey. You're here, 30 years old, absolutely smashing life. One of my biggest inspirations. Thank you so, so much, Alba. And I know, I know, no, no, that this is just like the beginning of your journey. Like your business and what you've done so far has set you up to where you are. And it's going to go skyrocket for the next 10 years. So thank you so much. It's my biggest pleasure. Thank you for having me.